Hey guys, this is Table Talks with the Tares, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm MJ. I'm Ash. Today we are talking about a review of the Bedjet. We are also going into just what's been going on in our family this past week and what it's revealing about our relationship. Ooh. How you and I are, spoiler alert, complete opposites. <laughs> well, we've been sick and you and I deal with sickness in the house very differently. Yeah. Not even, not even from a germ standpoint. No. We're talking some, some deep, some deep things. So, so yeah, I think uh, this episode will be how we go about living life when things are a little bit on an emotional and physical low budget. <laughs> so, this is what this episode is all about. That's what it is. Hope you enjoy. All right, so before we get into the meat and potatoes of what we wanted to talk about, yeah, tell me how you feel about the bed jet. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, and I didn't realize what it looks like underneath there. But yeah, it it's looks a monstrosity. Like there's literally a turbo engine coming out of our <laughs> yeah. sheets. Yeah, so basically, I'm just a hot box when I sleep. I'm like yeah. so. I've always been this way. Just get so hot at night, and it's like significantly affecting my sleep Mm -hmm. like waking up in the middle of the night because i'm so hot and so we're like trying to find a solution for how we can like repair our yeah sleeplessness you know and we i think what kind of got me curious about this was that basically all of the guys that we listen to like andrew humerman mind pump yeah they're all either sponsored by or rave this eight sleep mattress uh-huh. cover yeah and i was like wow we should probably look into that but then we were like but then our bank was like mm, maybe <laughs> we should wait on that <laughs> well yeah and it's like what how much did we, what was it like twenty five hundred dollars or I something don't know. something insane i don't know and you need a subscription yeah. to use it yeah so it's, we were like i do agree that research shows that sleeping cool yeah is just good for your body. Like, I can agree with that. I can get on board with it. But yeah. I just also, you know, want to yeah. wanna keep the bones in the bank, if you know what I mean. So, Also, um, for whatever reason, this the room with the way the air flows. Yes. And I think just how where the sun's positioned, this room tends to be hotter than the rest of the house. Yeah. Which was, it's a little bit different than our other house. Our room is actually colder than... Right other rooms in the house so you know we're just trying to repair things and so we decided to get this bed jet yeah (laughs) and it basically it blows air i'm looking at it and it's a tube that comes from underneath your bed into you have to get this like special sheet Mm -hmm. and it blows this air into the sheet for you and so you can control the temperature you can make it hot you can make it cold you can turn a fan up or down Mm -hmm. And you can turn it on, like, to get it set before you get in bed. And this is ruining us, like, for life. Yeah. We can never go anywhere else because... Yeah. Or we have to schlep that with <laughs> us everywhere we go. Oh, my gosh. And it's nice because you have one and I have one. And so we can control our own sides. Yeah. So you like you liked it a little bit warmer. I like it just like no, 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 as no. cold I, as yeah. it gets. I like it normal. <laughs> you like it i like it tundra arctic what's the tundra setting give me that yeah (laughs) and it even warns you to say you know this is the lowest this thing can go and you're like keep going lower keep going lower (laughs) 
Yeah, I think honestly, I thought it was a little bit. Um, what do you call it? Frou frou. It it seems it seems like it's like, not effective. Yeah, I was just wondering if it would work. Right, and then we tried it. And we tried it for the first time in literally four years, like since before having Evie. Right. I slept solidly through the night. Yeah. Usually I wake up around 3, 4 a.m. That's my like, get up. I have to yeah. like, now I'm awake. I got to use the bathroom, you know? Yeah. And then it's like my sleep is just shot after that. And then, you know, come around the, you know, 5, 36 a.m. time, I'm just feeling like trash, you know? Yeah. Because my sleep was so disturbed. So, yeah, I felt incredibly rested. Your body battery was like hitting high 90s yeah i just so i was like oh my gosh if this wasn't just a fluke and this is how this actually is right. i don't know if we can ever get this back yeah the way they got me it was just it's like a 60 day return policy no yeah. questions asked i was like yeah. shoot let's try it yeah. and we were desperate and it was like in the heat of the summer still yeah. when we ordered it and yeah like like you i was waking up super hot every morning <laughs> probably because of me yeah because you have a <laughs> furnace in your sheets <laughs> so yeah i'm totally sold on it too and we can still return it if you change yeah. your mind no i've had the best sleep that i've had Same. this week Same. in a very long time and so at this point i'm like i just i can't i just really need yeah. sleep like that because i'm a different person when i get it when i get for good sure sleep. and you've i mean the other day day two of us having it you woke up with me I woke when up I at was like getting her. 515. Yeah. I, I was like, like this what are you doing here? never happened in my life. <laughs> like, I don't just wake up at this time. Right. So. And I like shot out of bed. Like, I was I just know. like ready to go. I was you surprised. literally were like, what are you doing? Yeah, I was like, why are you awake right now? <laughs> I feel really rested. And I feel like I can conquer the world because I had a full right. night's sleep. Because in our over decade of being married together, you 515 doesn't. Nah drive with you the only time i've seen 515s is in motherhood yeah 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 so i i i think it's yeah we've been totally suckered into it because i think the only adjustments i've made was i thought i needed to sleep cooler than i did mm -hmm. and i've progressively set the temperature higher yeah and the fan softer or yeah. less less intense yep i did that last night but i also had to wear pants and socks which i never wear yeah. socks to bed that should ever. tell you love that you are driving that thing too cold i know why well, i turned it down <laughs> <laughs> but also i cannot wear pants to bed yeah ever like i just cannot not even in the winter yeah so i that was a i was like so cozy it felt so nice yeah so I don't know. I feel like it's ruined me because now anytime we go anywhere else, I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, I need the budget. I know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We still have it's a couple like, days to return it. It's like the noise machines, it. babe. This oh, just yeah. keeps getting worse and worse yeah, for too us. Too much technology. Uh, it is pretty, it's pretty nice. And I can't wait in the winter because it can blow heat into your sheets too. I know. Like before you get into right. bed. Oh, it's so, so nice. I'm excited for that. It's just when it comes to health stuff, I feel like you and I have taken this turn where it's like, the older we get, and I'm not saying we're old, but I'm just saying, you know, we're in our early to mid thirties mm -hmm. and there's like, the, yeah, these things are not to be like messed around with when it comes with sleep, when it comes to like our health, yeah, you just can't mess around with that stuff. So I'm willing to make investments there because you have a long-term payoff, you know, like I want to be around for as long as 
not that I can control, you know, mm-hmm. everything about my life, my destiny, but as much as I can steward my health well, like I want to. And sleep is just one of those yeah. things I feel like it's severely neglected when it comes to health. You just don't focus on it or th- prioritize it, you know. And when you're a parent, it's really hard to prioritize. Yeah. I was, and so, I was talking to Drew about it at work and he was like, you know, you, you spend basically a third of your time at home. Yeah. Or he, he gave a percentage. I don't really know. Like <coughs> you're supposed to be sleeping a certain number of hours every day. And yeah the bulk of your time at home if you're away from home working at an office right. is sleeping and yeah. so you should make investments in making sure that that sleep quality is great yeah and so it does have just a snowball effect though you know we're focusing effort and time on strength training right but that's not going to produce effective results if we're not also resting and repairing the muscle and so yeah it's just one begets the other yep so i love this bed yet yeah Honestly, I would not mind being like a brand ambassador for them. So. I, yeah, we're definitely not sponsored no. by them. I wish it were. I know, but I could I totally be sponsored by them. Right. <laughs> cool. Well, this past week, tell me a little bit about how you felt. Oh, my gosh. We've had snotty-faced children. Yeah, in case you can't tell by the sound of my voice. Yeah. We've had sickness in our house. And we've like talked about finding community and being involved in community and this past week we just have done nothing i know just so that we don't get anybody else sick so yeah we haven't done any of those rhythms at all and so how's how's that felt for you being at home i out of desperation have um essentially begged my boss to find an office space so i'm in an office now so that's that that's a change as well for us yeah it's been a good change though for you especially oh for sure (laughs) because you know when the kids are sick they don't nap well jude's naps have been just so awful but the boy is so miserable so he's just crying like just maybe not even crying just whining all the time all the time and so that's hard for you to listen to when you're trying to work so yeah it's been really challenging i it's so hard to be sick while you have to care for sick tiny humans because i need a rest i need reprieve and jude hasn't because he hasn't been napping he hasn't allowed me any time of rest the boy wants me to be holding him non-stop when i hold jude evie gets jealous so she wants me to hold her too so they're both screaming for me to hold them meanwhile yeah. i'm saying i need to be held because i'm really sick too <laughs> like, yeah. who's gonna hold me like i need to lay down and have a three hour to sleep right now like i'm so tired and so it's hard because you can't you can't tap tap out in the sense of well if you're a single parent you definitely can't i mean i have a lot to be thankful for in what i have in sharing this with you know the the load with you yeah there are parents who can't tap out and i just man my heart is just like wow you are the real mvp and when you can't tap out, you can't take care of your, you have to set your needs. And the fact that like my head is so foggy and all I'm hearing is just screaming for me and it feels suffocating because I just need to desperately like slip away and be in quiet and dark and like sleep because that's what my body is screaming and telling me that it needs. You can't do that. You have to take care of, you know, kids who are snotty, all kinds of fluid coming out all over the place. And so, yeah, it's 
I think that's the hardest part about sickness when you're a family. It's just like, you know, inevitably this is going to go through all of us. <sighs> and you're just like one by one getting knocked out. You know, it's yeah. just like, man, this sucks. Meanwhile, mom and dad still got to take care of everyone. Right. And make meals. Like that's really, it becomes really challenging because you can't give your body the rest that it actually needs. So it prolongs your sickness. It just makes you feel like trash. You get really, you know, cranky with your kids. And so, yeah, that's been my week. I think I I wanted to ask that because I wanted to tease out something that we talked about in just light of when there's things that are out of the ordinary. Yeah. A lot of our character is revealed. Yes. And so when things are fine and dandy and everybody's singing Kumbaya and everything's working well, then a lot of character differences aren't really shown because you're working in peace and harmony. But over the past couple of days where, you know, the kids have been sick, I've not been able to like have a quiet place to work because everybody's grouchy and fussy. Yeah. You're also getting sick or getting sick or just fighting it. Yeah. And so we, you and I, this is just another thing where we're revealing how we're both super different in how we tackle mending ailments yeah. <laughs> or how we tackle, no, not even how we tackle feeling sick as much as it is how we approach being like taking, taking care, care of, of yourself. Yourself and others who are and sick others. in the family. Right. Yeah. It's a cultural, some of it for us is cultural difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and just difference difference of upbringing. upbringing. Yeah. And that really gets revealed when your tank is low. And I mean like energy tank, your mental, like, you know, when you're sick, all Mm -hmm. those things are just depleted, you know? And so like, you're like, I'm operating it. I feel like in this, when I throw that like spiritual lens on it, like I'm just like all in the flesh, you know, just like snappy, like anything where my threshold for dealing with things or patients or just gets drained and it's like every little thing is just like i'm so tired i'm so sick i'm so exhausted i so desperately need a break but can't have that and so you're just like it's all revealed you know and so the diff that's when our differences specifically yeah head to head because they're very prominent in that moment what's an interesting difference love is that one aspect of it is that for you to feel like you're cared for, you need to be told that you're going to be taken care of. The, like yeah. Hearing like that it verbal piece. Yeah. verbally seems almost as healing as actually receiving the care itself. Whereas for me, like that doesn't, that's, I guess that's not like what I was used to or what I am used to. And so I told you this that, you know, I mean, over the last several days, you've just been like, babe, I just need to be told that you're going to take care of me. Or I just need you to tell me that my needs are important. Yeah. And some of that to me feels so like fake. I don't know why. Yeah. I think though, because in Asian culture, affection is not verbal or expressive. It's um, demonstrated. It's demonstrated. And so that's where the, that's specifically where the clash happens for us because you will start to go into demonstration mode. Like Mm -hmm. you'll just do things, but without really taking the time to consider or ask or verbally insert, is this helpful? Yeah. Is this what you need? 
or just asking like, what do you need? It's like you go into like an assumptive demonstration Mm -hmm. and in the moments where the demonstration isn't actually meeting the need and I try to communicate that it's met with hostility because you're like, how dare you not accept the way that I'm trying to show you love and I'm taking care of you, you know? But for me, there's like a missing piece of like, but you're assuming this way of demonstrating or this thing that you're doing is what I actually need. And I don't need you to do the dishes right now. Or, Why? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like these little things. It's like, but I, I don't need that. I need you to take one of the kids. I need you mm-hmm. to, you know, like the need just might be different mm-hmm. in that specific moment. Why do you think it is that hearing me say that? Because even like to this day and as we talk even right now, it still feels strange to me to just tell you, babe, I'm going to take care of you because it bears no weight to me to actually say that if you have no way of actually showing it and so like on the flip side for me it bears like it seems so unimportant and i I know it's not it seems so unimportant to me saying it yeah whereas on the flip side for you it seems equally as important as the actual care itself i think because it's inserting intent when you just go into demonstration mode i don't know if you're doing that for you i don't know if you're doing that for you're stressed and you just need to, I don't know, clean Mm -hmm. something, do something. There's no communication that 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 or connection back to like this action that I'm doing is for you. You just expect me to understand the assumption, right? almost like mind read it and get and connect like that thing that you're doing is for me without having to tell me. Right. And I'm just not a mind reader. Yeah. And so very often I'm like, I have no idea why you're doing that. And so inserting that intent of, Hey, I'm, I want to take care of you. What do you need? Mm -hmm. Isn't just so that I hear it in like a warm, fuzzy way. It's connecting whatever it is you're trying to do with the fact that you're doing that for me. Now that you're saying that out loud, it seems so ridiculous, but I think sometimes in even how you communicate your need, it changes over to like disingenuous to this is what my wife actually needs. So on like on one hand, it's like, I need you to take care of me. It's like a way to say it. Uh-huh. Or on the flip side is, babe, can you just take care of me today? And I think some of that, maybe even in like, I'm just exploring this right now. Some of like the difference in how it maybe feels a little less or more genuine to me is even in just how you phrase it. Yeah. And so again, we're like figuring this stuff out and we are over seven years into it and it still keeps coming up. Yeah. Because it's so inherent or it's so intrinsic to how we were raised yeah and who we are and you and i are trying to figure out how this stuff works yeah and like i said it's like it's just become it's just something that is more obvious in times when things are like low budget right, <laughs> right. yeah when we don't have a lot of energy when we, there's not a lot of bandwidth yep. when there isn't a lot of just grace to go around yeah and and so i think what I've appreciated love though is that like even just like in our conversation yesterday we tried to insert intent even when it's miscommunicated yeah. and like at least we try to go there for each other and that's the only way we can figure this stuff out yeah is that even though it's sometimes even still now feels like we're talking to each other in different languages that at the end of the day like for you to like yesterday was just you telling me I know you're for me even though it doesn't come across that way and that means a lot to me for you to say that and so i think 
as we just continue to like wrestle these things out, really just making sure that you and I continue to reiterate that for each other in times, especially when things are a little more constrained so that we know, you know, at the end of the day, we might not say things perfectly, Yeah. but I'm, I'm here for you. I'm, you know, take care of you. I'm not going to go anywhere. So I just want you to know that like, that was really some of the things that you're piecing together, even after all these years of us being married, then the things that you're saying and what you're inserting for like what you think of me goes a long way in helping just work through some of these things that a lot of times we're just not on the same page on yeah it surprisingly creates a lot of conflict for us just because yeah it's a different difference of expectation going into oh, it. oh for sure because you grew up in a unit that operated um it's so interesting because it is very collective but also like everybody operates very autonomously within mm-hmm. that collective unit Mm-hmm. And so there is this sense of when somebody else, like so when somebody in our house now <laughs> is sick, there is, I see in you the fight <laughs> against maybe this sense of like taking, well, just take care of yourself. Right. Just or you need to tell needs. me what you need. Yeah. yeah. Versus that was very different from the upbringing that I had. Right. Where the the biggest need gets the attention. And so if there is like ailment or sickness or things like that, then like that person gets the attention, Mm -hmm. you know, and everyone kind of caters to Mm -hmm. pitches in to like care for that one, you know? And so, so it's ironic because the more seemingly collectivist mindset of, um, you know, the more Asian Filipino collectivist, mindset there still is a deep sense of my individual needs uh, like i need to look out for them for myself yes whereas here in your setting where it is very individualistic generally in western culture Uh there is this sense of like we collectively take care of the person that has the loudest need yeah right now and so those two worlds of differences come crashing down in our household yeah on the regular basis, especially when we are unable to meet a need that we have either individually or like like this past couple of days where the kids have been sick yeah. and you're getting sick, it comes to the surface over and over and over. And the natural leanings that we have kind of come out. And so for you, it's just like a longing to be taken care of. For me, it's just like, what do I need to do to take care of myself? Yeah. And we're like on parallel universes because we're trying to cross over to like one for me to actually proactively communicate that your needs are still important to me right but then you know also make sure that we still give room for like we still make space and room for the needs i have or you know however we need to flesh that out for our family it's just it becomes so obvious every time either we're sick yeah we're out of just what we regularly do that some of these things start coming to the surface again and again. Yeah. So it's just, I know we're not going to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to push against a mindset that's been so deeply ingrained in each of us, you know, and I can see why cultures, especially those that have, that are affected by poverty. There is this mindset that, like I, if somebody else's need eclipses mine, mm-hmm. that's 
like in some situations that could be like that could be life or death situations you know like i don't eat i'm starving you know like i don't you know like the the consequence of that is so much more severe and i think that's some of where the clash between you and i comes is like there's still that same weight given to a sacrifice of your need in order to meet even though it's not that grave yeah even though it's like love like your needs are important and you're gonna be okay and i'm I'm not asking you to like forego all meals for right right it's kind of the response that i get yeah yeah it's it's very fight or flight yeah and i think the key for me is for us to figure this out for our children because they could take the best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds and like hopefully they have an ability to like the best of the things that I bring to the table is that they're conscious of the things that they need and they feel like they are able to self-soothe in a way, right? Like you can meet your own need. You're not helpless. Autonomy. Independence, autonomy. And like, and then on the best things that you bring to the table is that like you're caring for others. (laughs) Like you, you pitch in and there's like a compassion piece. um, And there's a side of like, I'm going to maybe at times even forego my own needs yeah. in order for me to be able to take care of this other person and like have that compassion. Or we end up in a world where they take the worst of both worlds. Right. And on the one hand, they're not compassionate at all. They are unable to translate anything that anybody else might need. Right. To see, yeah. Or yeah. meet anybody else's need. And on the flip side too, they can't articulate what they need themselves. And become a martyr. Right. And so I think for us to really try and wrestle through this is worthwhile because the way that we convey this to our children can either lead them into seeing the best of both things in what we bring to the table or potentially just be like, yeah, well, dad's not compassionate at all. Yeah. So, you know, just like the the things that are tough. <laughs> and mom needs to have a moment to herself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, like, I know they're picking up on this, especially yeah. Evie. Yeah. Because sure. she, she's already like being like, mom, are you okay? Like, do you need anything? And the, her ability to just read the room at her age to me is so bizarre because there's a level of just emotional intelligence that she has to the extent that she's able to just see how you and I are yeah, and, you know, just navigate through that and also even be able to articulate how she feels about a certain situation that for us to be willing, like for us to start wrestling through these concepts and figure out what do we do to bring these two things together so that as we raise children who are going to become parents eventually, right you know, we arm them well to be able to lead their families someday. Yeah. And it's not just about like, oh, here we are. We're clashing. Ha ha ha. End of podcast. But like we want to try and figure this out. Yeah. Only because whatever imprint that we leave on our children is what they're going to carry when they become parents. Right. Yep. And in a way, I've never thought about this till this moment. As hard as hard as it is for us to have differences that are polar opposite, it's just like, it's super hard. You know, I've said this before that we're either the dream team or we're eating each other alive. There's no in between. Like it's like one or the other. And 
as hard as that is to continue to strive for unity in our relationship because we are working through just total opposite everything, you know, ways of thinking and operating. And it's really challenging to do that and come out with a unity on the other side, you know, and yet I think about how, man, what a gift that actually is to our children. Because if we were both like you or both like me, we would just continue to carry forward the ways that, you know, some of which probably shouldn't be carried forward, you know? And so I think it's so unique that we do have this like collision of culture (laughs) because it really does give our children the opportunity to kind of see both sides. And I think that's the hardest thing when you're in it is seeing that when you operate the way that you do, it's hard for you to see, oh, there's another way of doing this. And actually that's a really nice way of doing it. Yeah. Maybe I should take some tips from that way of doing right. it, you know, cause all you have is the example that you have. So for our kids to have examples that are polar opposites, yeah, hopefully, Hopefully helps them come out with some sort of balance, right. you know, in between. Right. Or I don't know, but good luck. Good luck. But yeah, I do think in that sense, I am thankful that we can balance each other out because in that way, we never really allow ourselves to be fully one or fully the yeah. other. You know. Until then, we'll continue trying to wrestle through some of these things that really are just so opposite between you and me. So opposite. So. Yeah. You know what they say, babe? Opposites attract. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honorsunderscore.com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.